podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant was the Reverend David Kinsey, and our musical director and organist was Georgia Labetta. Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that a stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. And then Peter and the other disciples set out and went in towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked into the tomb and saw that the linen wrapping lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter came, following him, into the tomb. He saw the linen wrapping lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wraps, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture. And then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been laying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw know that it was Jesus. 
If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Mary, Hebrew, Rabbani, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have yet to ascend to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them he had of the Lord. please. At some point in your life when you were born, you had the need to be loved. And the reason you had the need to be loved and cared for is simply because you could not care for yourself. You could not clothe yourself. You could not feed yourself. You could not get up and down from the bed that you were lying in because, you see, you were plugged in to your mother, or you were plugged into your grandmother, or you were plugged into your father, and it was them who had to care for you, and your only ability to do anything was just to go to the bathroom whenever you felt like it. As we grew up in life, we got excited, and some of you grandparents can probably re relate to this, when the child first rolled over. That was a monumental time in a child's life. And then when the child began to crawl, wow, was that neat that he was crawling. And then they were getting up and getting into things. And then they began to walk. Another milestone in the life of a child. And the people that were there to support that child loved that child. They were plugged in to make sure that that child would learn things like love and compassion and passion and respect and dignity and sincerity, all those things that are just very basic to our life. And then we get to the point when we're walking with our guardian on a sidewalk. 
And I know that you've, I've seen this even as I drive around all the time. Uh, you always went for a walk with, your, let's say, your mother. And your security was her finger. And no matter where you walked, you knew that all you had to do was reach up and somehow her finger appeared to give you that kind of security that as a child you needed. And then children become a little rambunctious. They become a little independent. And, and as they're out for a walk, they kind of run ahead. And they turn and giggle because they have run from their parent. And then they giggle and they come back. And all of a sudden, here comes this finger. Do you just reach up and a finger appears? And then you, you come up to a corner of the street and you look down the corner as a child and you see this great big German shepherd coming at you. And you run back to the security and somehow that finger appears. But you don't want the finger, you want them to pick you up and protect you from this dog that's going to be bigger than you and attack you perhaps. All because, you see, we're plugged in to people who love us. I don't know how many of you saw the uh, show last evening with uh, Governor Huckabee, uh, really an upstanding individual. Uh, and he had a story on there about this little lad in Manhattan, 11 years old, standing on a corner. And a woman by the name of Laura walked past this little boy. And the little boy said to this woman, ma'am, do you have some money? I'm hungry. And she just walked on by like many of us do when beggars ask for money. And she walked by this little boy and then she stopped. And the thing that took her back is she said the little boy was hungry. And so she went back to him and she said to him, are you hungry, son? He said, yes. She said, would you like to go with me across the street to McDonald's? He says, yes, ma'am. And they went across the street, and she fed him. She knew that the next day, this little boy would still be hungry. And there he was on the corner. And she said to him, would you like to have breakfast with me again? And he just lit up. You see, that little boy and that lady were plugged in to one another. It was called the invincible thread. You know that relationship went on for years. And one day she said to him, what do you have to eat for lunch when you go to school? He said, I don't have any lunch when I go to school. See, his mother pulled the plug on him. His mother was a drug addict. His father was a gangster. So he had no one to care for him. They had pulled the plug on that little boy. But Laura plugged into him. She was his invincible thread. He said to her one day about having lunch at school. She said, I'm going to give you money every day 
so you can buy your lunch. And he responded in the most unusual way. He said, ma'am, I don't want your money. You know what I would really like you to do? Could you make me up a lunch in a brown paper bag? And she was mystified. Why would he want lunch in a brown paper bag? And he said, because all my friends that come to, to, to school carry a brown paper bag. And he said, the reason that I want a brown paper bag is to be like them. Because I know that whoever made this little brown paper bag up must love them so much to take the time to put two pieces of bread together with peanut butter or ham and cheese or whatever and put it in a bag and give them a hug and send them off to school. That relationship of being plugged in went on for over 20 years. The young man grew up, finished school, fell in love, got married, had seven children, had a little contracting business. And he was able to do all that simply because he was plugged in to someone that loved him. He said in this interview that they live in a, this small, modest home and we don't have a living room. But we have a real long dining room table. And the reason we have a long dining room table is first of all, we have seven children. But more important than that, when I would go to Laura's house, I could see across the table the love of the people. And if nothing else, I want to teach my children how important it is to love one another. All because one person plugged into the heart of that little child and made a difference in not only his life, but his wife's life and his children's lives. We, we have a tendency to think that our faith is pretty strong. As Paul was talking to Timothy, he saw faith in the man where there was a lot of hopelessness. And this is what Paul said to Timothy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you. Perhaps the faith that you have today was because of this thread 
from your grandmother or your mother or your great-grandmother who prayed that my children's children's children will have the faith to endure. My wife had two wonderful parents. I had an incredible mother-in-law and an incredible father-in-law. But you know something? They were working people. They had a contracting business and they were always, always gone. And so she was alone a lot. But she had a grandmother that saw the need of this child to be loved, to be plugged in to someone that really, really cared for her every single moment of the day. And she told me one time that she would spend her entire summer at her grandmother's. Not because she didn't love her mother and father, but that was that constant plug-in, that constant love, that constant compassion that her grandmother showed her. I guess my question today to you is, do you have a mentor in your life? Someone that kind of looks at you and holds you accountable? Someone that says, David, you know, I don't think you ought to try that. I've had mentors all my life. Men and women that are plugged into me, that guide me, and make sure that if I step off from the righteous life that I'm trying to lead, they put me back on the path. And I thank God for them. I thank God for people that love me even when I sin and fall down. Because, you know, I know that those same people are going to pick me up and put me back on the path of righteousness. And my question to you today is, are you plugged in not only to your mentors, to your parents, are you plugged into Jesus? Now keep in mind, Jesus died for you. And Jesus will not just pop into your life. Jesus is right there. Jesus is here in this place. Jesus may be sitting on your lap and he's waiting for you to say, come into my life. I really screwed it up. Because he's never going to come into your life on his own. He wants you to invite him into your life. Now I can promise you that if Jesus is very important to you in your life, you will still suffer from illness. You'll still suffer from the death of a loved one. You'll still suffer from people being ugly towards you and you being ugly towards others. Being plugged into Jesus is not heavenly. He will test you. He's going to check you out to see how much love you really have for him. And so just don't think that because you're plugged into Jesus that everything is going to be okay. But the great news is this. Oh, this is huge. 
the great news is this. No matter what kind of illness you have, no, what, no matter what, you can't find a job, and you're having difficulty at work, you're having a difficulty in your marriage, the good news is if you're plugged into Jesus, He will give you the faith to endure whatever you face. He will give you the faith to endure whatever you face. I know that there are people that in McKeesport, you know, I don't think there's a week goes by there's not a murder in this town. That says something about not only this community, but in Chicago, two and three murders a day. And it breaks my heart when I think people are just killing each other, shooting little kids, because that's their entry into a gang. You see, somebody has pulled a plug on so many of these young kids today that they have no future. They don't have a lifeline. They don't have somebody that loves them. And their security is a gun. Their livelihood is a gun. I know a lot of people that are good citizens, good people that have pulled a plug on Jesus. I really don't need to be in church. I don't need to go to the fish fry. They've got plenty of help down there. Wouldn't it be nice if you said, John, I know that there's a lot of stuff that you have to take care of in the church. I'm retired. Can I come down and help you do something? Sharon, can I come help fold bulletins? I'll tell you, I'm not looking for your money. I'm looking for your time. And that's what Jesus is looking for, your time. You know, when, when we have a tendency to, to pull the plug on Jesus... It's amazing how we want to get plugged in when we're laying in a hospital bed. It's amazing how we want to get plugged in when someone dies. My best friend is dead. Jesus, where were you? And I suppose, and I know Jesus doesn't do this, I suppose Jesus probably thinks, where were you? when I needed you. And now you want me to rush in and solve all your problems. And so we treat Jesus and God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit like a credit card. You plug in when you need him. Today, the good news is the tomb is empty. The good news is you can start all over again. Forget the past. Forget the past. Don't worry about being unplugged. Today you can plug back into Jesus. Plug back into your neighborhood. Plug back into your your beloved husband or wife. Plug back into your neighbors and be the Christian. Be the loving servant that God has designed you to be. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the empty tomb. Forgive us as we walk away from you so many times. Today I thank you for the opportunity to get plugged into you. We thank you for people like Laura who reached out to touch a little boy's heart. She became the invincible 
thread. And so be with us as we journey together to seek your love and to give our loves to others. In your precious name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. Heard today were the Reverend David Kinsey and our church choir under the direction of Georgia Labetta. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you. Thank you.